cliffcentral.com. Alrighty, righty. Without any further ado, welcome to it. It's Thursday morning. It's five minutes past 11. My name is yeah. Dimitri Masha and I don't travel alone. She's got a new hair color. It's the amazing. <laughs> I can't f- think of another adjective. I know. Quickly. The amazing, the, the awesome. Uh, we'll take that. Whatever. Um, okay. It's Candace Mama. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> You're really that. becoming lazy with these introductions. I know. You need I, to do I your didn't homework, really work it. on it at home. It was just like it kind of crept up on me yeah. as I walked the into the studio. Color. I realized this is my old hair color. This like is, it's not your really old hair new. Color? No, oh. you haven't seen me in two weeks. Is it that old that I forgot that? Oh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> anyway, whatever. How was your trip away? <laughs> It was so much you fun. You went to the Eastern Cape. Yes. Remember the first time I went to the Eastern Cape? The land Cape? of my daughter's ancestors. Yes. And the land of my ancestors. Oh, yeah. Of course. You are actually part closer. I, I am. must be careful what I say about you people today. <laughs> <laughs> my people. My people. Yeah, your um, people. Well, we're very intelligent. I mean, you can really You know, the funny thing about closer people is, is generally they start any everything with like <laughs> a sentence <laughs> with, with like you asked them a question. Did you eat today? Uh-uh. And the, the kill. Why, why is there always like a no at the beginning of, of every sentence when Kosa people speak? You're asking the wrong Kosa. Oh, you don't really know. And you can't, can you say Kosa for me? <laughs> you, you trapped me. You trapped me because I, I tried that. to like whisper okay. it. Sorry, people. Um, that's your Kosa. <laughs> I'm not a good spokesperson. Okay. I'm not so how a good was your trip though? It was incredible. Incredible. There was so much hiking. There was like a lot of waterfalls. It was just unbelievable. Best trip I've had been on Waterfalls so and hiking. I'm still trying to yeah. find the, the incredible part. Because like you said, the first thing you said was incredible. There was a lot of hiking. Uh, and you know. But you're black. Black people, <laughs> we don't do hiking. Because it's like it doesn't make any sense. You spend your whole life <laughs> walking <laughs> to get public transport. Why would you go on holiday and just do that for fun? I, I've been pampered. I've been a pampered pooch. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't do that much walking. Yeah. I don't do great. that much I walking. I can see with your shoes that you're wearing today. Like those are impossible to walk in. They're actually very comfortable So sure okay. I will post the Instagram picture of them but, Please um, do <laughs> Just check out Candy's shoes later Because these Are shoes For people who don't use Public transport Oh really Yeah Like I don't know hey, I feel like I could get a taxi With these shoes Yeah You know like, those people Who are never prepared Like if things go sour <laughs> like And they if have the to car walk broke down Yeah That's what your shoes Are saying right now That is exactly Like if it. the car broke down They will send another car <laughs> They're they? They optimism shoes. Yeah, optimism exactly. shoes. But back to my trip. No, it was so, it was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Like I, I can't actually went, even think of better words. Is it? You went down with some like really incredibly <laughs> intelligent people. Did your IQ go up? It did. It did. Is it? It did. Like I actually came back feeling so smart. Oh, okay. and like actually so accomplished. Like I, I feel like I, I'd accomplished something. Don't take this the I wrong way. I did nothing, way. but don't, I'd accomplished something. Yeah, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But I thought you'd be overwhelmed, like out of your depth. You thought <laughs> You really think Very low of me That's why I said Don't take it the wrong way I was just looking out for you And I was worried no. for you I was like shame uh, Is that why you Candace send me Daily tips like Yeah Because I was like shame I, I don't know what she's going to talk about These people read books and stuff you know? I read books <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly though, I was so privileged. I okay. was surrounded by such incredible people yeah. and like I learned so much from the trip. I mean, okay. you can't be in the company of such people and not mm. actually be um people overwhelmed speak by for a living international directors. Wow, you really 
really like going in there. Hey? Yeah, I was just, like, it's like you really want to just list them. I was following you on Insta, and I was I like, I didn't even post pictures. Do they have space for one more black person? Because I'd like to come too. The black quota was full. <laughs> it was full. You like it was full. I was like, no more. Sorry. You were, you were like, I noticed you didn't send any locations because you were like, just in case my friends and relatives want to pitch up and ruin this for me. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm very comfortable being a minority right now. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah. what's, what's happening this week? What's the so, first thing that you want to talk about? The first thing I actually wanted to talk about is that quote that we were actually discussing the other day. The mm-hmm. people come into your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, right? Yeah. And basically... What we went into was just relationships, our friendships, our relationships that we get into yeah. and how sometimes like you, you keep people in your life, even though they don't want to see you grow or they don't support your growth. Mm-hmm. If anything, they actually sabotage your growth, yeah. you know, so that's actually what I wanted to discuss. Too. How do you know if, I mean, like a season, a reason or a lifetime, or a lifetime yeah. right? Because sometimes when you meet someone for the first time and you get all excited, you're and, like lifetime. Baby. Yeah. You're lifetime. like lifetime. <laughs> you get, you get put in the lifetime bracket. Why do you think we want marriage? And then a season like, later, you're like, I shouldn't never have married her Ooh. because she's like taking my half my stuff again and we spoke about this when we were getting married the first time and and she said she wouldn't and now she's doing it like that last one did sorry oh, did i just shit. go into a segue you, about you my own really, life you really went deep <laughs> sorry, there. i'm sorry. so sorry it's not supposed to be about yeah. me it's, just, it's just a general thing you know what when when you when it happens to you twice like i don't blame you you start thinking oh. you're the problem but right now i'm starting to think i'm the common denominator here i'm the one who should not be <laughs> okay maybe anyway. just don't get married next time ah Oh. I'm trying it again. Oh, third time's a charm, mm. they say. Third time lucky. Oh, I hope so. For Everything good happens in threes. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm excited because you know how to throw a party. Yeah, so I'm yeah, excited yeah. to be there. You know it's going to be it's going to be dope. You, you I don't even need to be dope. a part of the bridal party. Um, yeah. I just want to be a, no, an invited just guest. Just be an invited guest. I will be so happy. Yeah. So okay. I'm actually looking forward to your third marriage. Yeah. I just hope you'd actually let me help you choose the next one. Because all the others were like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Don't worry. I different. think I'm in, I'm in a good place. I think I've, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you thought you were in a good place two times ago as <coughs> well, and the last time. But okay, going on. <laughs> yeah, you were saying. <laughs> you were She's crazy, me. baby. Don't listen to her. <laughs> and I've made you a new girlfriend, and I feel terrible. Oh, yeah, you better feel terrible. And you said that on air. This is going to affect the. the this, and it's a podcast. This is so going to download like it forever. the whole custody battle right now. Thank you for that. You know what's going to affect... You know what I'm sad about. I don't even care about your battles. I'm, I just think I'm going to get a table like in the kitchen now. Like, I'm not even going to get an You're invite. not getting excited anymore. You're going to have to crash. You're going to have to like, crash. I, I have to show people where they park. So can um, I send you a location pin? <laughs> be like, oops, how did she get here? No. Right. Um, so you you asked me, how do you know? How do you know if people are there for a season yeah. or a lifetime? I think it goes. Like, as life goes and flows and you are growing, if you're not growing together, you know, and you don't attempt to come together at any the point. The problem is, though, some people are with you for a season and it's a long season. I mean, a uh, 10 years is still a season. You know what I mean? Long as it's season, still not it's a, a lifetime. Yeah. And you get to the ninth year and you realize you've got problems and this yeah. person needs to go. But you don't know how to say goodbye. Mm. And and I, I always find that the longer the season mm. that you've been together and it's time for it to end, yeah. the more traumatic the breakup oh, is going to be. Because actually, you've probably been hanging in for the past five years too long. <laughs> and every year you're like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's 365 days, yeah, man. It's going to yeah. get better. But I think the thing is, like, for me, how I evaluated it, like, after I got out of matric, right, mm-hmm. out of high school, um, 
that year, I literally cut everyone out. I changed my cell phone number. I did everything because I realized that the people I was still hanging out with hated that I was growing and I was becoming different and I was yeah. questioning life differently. So I had to, like, I had to just get a new break. And I think six months into like having cut out everyone, I met my best friend who was actually great for me because he actually supported my growth. And mm-hmm. I realized what a healthy friendship should be like. And then after that, I really started meeting incredible people. So it actually put me in a space where I could choose the right people to come into my life and not just because, you know, but we people share say time that together. It's, it's not, you, you have not changed it's the people around you that have changed compared to what you now have become. Right. Um, they, they're not as responsive to what you are becoming. I suppose it's like, you know, um, in the relation to the MIS. Yeah. Sometimes success or fame or, yeah. or, or getting a fortune or whatever changes how the people around you perceive you. Do you think that's, those are the only factors though? Cause no, I those feel are like, not the only factors, yeah. but I mean, those sort of things. Cause you said that your, your, your friends before were not responsive or responsive. No, but it wasn't because I was becoming successful. It was just because like I had just decided to, you know, go on a spiritual journey and they weren't supportive of that. Basically, and you I were could, building on to your success. You were at the, at the beginning. I was at the phases. bottom. Yeah. You were at the at foundation the stage. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Cause when you're at the foundation stage, you, you have to realize that a lot of things have to change. Oh, yeah. Um, this year I realized when I started doing what I was doing that some of my friends I had to, and it's sad for me because I mm. love those people, you know, but I had yeah. to leave them behind because you, you arrive and you're like, guys, you know, I'm on this new journey now. Mm. I'm doing this thing. Um, and, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm different. Yeah. There's certain things I just won't be doing anymore. Yeah. I'd like to hang out with you like we did before, yeah. but we just won't be in a club. Drinking all night mm. or, or that sort of thing Like mm. we used to But you know We can hang out You guys feel free I'm just going to yeah. be over here Drinking juice Or drinking water Because juice yeah. has got too much sugar uh, Wow well. yeah. uh, <laughs> Side note Yeah side note And maybe with a <laughs> yeah. little bit of lemon in it Just mm. so that you know You can detox <laughs> while you're at it Maybe I'm sounding like a nerd That's, That was their problem yeah. They're like But why you got to sound like a nerd <laughs> Yeah Um but they're like, no, man, have a drink. Come on. Mm. And and you know when your friends say that, that they're not for you. Because what they yeah. should say is, oh, that sounds I'm amazing. I'm really happy for you. Okay, tonight I'll make sure that you don't have a drink. You mm. know, and, and I'm going to have some. But when I pour for you, it's going to be water with some lemon. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I realized that I had to let go of some of those friendships because it was like they just weren't getting it. That's the problem And I'm not Like I'm not The kind of person Who just cuts people out I mean I did just say I changed my number And I like Move countries and stuff But it's you, That's what you had to do I didn't oh, I didn't okay. move countries I just changed numbers Wow um, And deactivated Facebook Instagram your Everything and, no, but and I, I stopped feel, taking your calls No 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 I'm, I'm a responder By nature In fact so I don't I even Not respond I just tell you Like dude It's not working out Let's not do this anymore Yeah Like I break <laughs> up Wow yeah. you, So you've gone through A lot of breakups Yeah Good I've, for you Yeah yeah. No, um, I, I don't take tend to, especially with friendships. I think sometimes you don't want to sever a friendship. Sometimes you just need space and distance, you know. So mm. you don't need to tell someone, "I don't want you in my space." You just stop hanging out with them as frequently or speaking to them. You change your number, and hopefully they'll get. I found them again. I found them again. All right, <laughs> like, cool. You know, but and that's the people all. who are there for a lifetime. I mean, let's let's talk positive. What what is it that they bring to you that you can feel? That, support. That you would know that support. Support. I think that is the biggest thing for me. Like, I mean, because you know, life isn't full of just happy moments and highs, and it's not just full of lows. I wish it was. But, right. Mm. But then we wouldn't appreciate the highs. But you know, the problem, the thing is, you have to have people in your life who are constantly supporting where you are. You know, so sometimes you're in a really bad space, mm-hmm. but you need a friend who's going to be like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just listen. And yeah. I'll help you through this Just by listening Just yeah. by being there And okay. when you're going through a highs You want people who celebrate you And genuinely happy for you Not people who are like Mmm yeah. Mm. yeah Okay 
Okay. Oh, another one. Mm. Oh, mm, well you done. Know? Well Ex- done on that new degree. <laughs> Don't you think you're studying too much now? Shouldn't you focus on getting a husband? Yeah. Um, okay. That's not support. That's not what support yeah. looks like. You know, so I think those are the lifetime people. But I think with every relationship, you have to really value it and treasure it mm. as it happens. Okay. You know, so that even if, you know, God forbid it does come to an end, you, yeah. you really take away the good from it when it does wow. end. Those are insightful. I mean, you should like really be someone who talks to the president about that because like the situation that happened with him and Kosati I think that is that for me is like a clear sign that these people don't support you yeah. anymore so it's cool to sever the ties they were there for a season and maybe a reason but definitely not a lifetime our president has a lot of lessons to learn <laughs> okay and on that segue uh, let's yeah. introduce our guest for today I'm very excited that he's here um, and, and I hope that you are too because if you are interested in any way about television and film. Now is a time that you should just like wake up and like start turn up listening. The, yeah, turn up your volume, people. So we've got in the studio introducing. Okay, he is a famous director of such television shows as Crossroads, such films as Spud One and Two, as well as E Number Number, and now working out of Hollywood on a brand new film starring Gerard Butler coming to you at the end of this year. It's the man of the moment, Mr. Donovan Marsh. That's a good intro. That's a good intro. Can you travel with me? <laughs> yeah, I'll, try, I'll be your hype man. Like, as yeah. you walk on set, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. introducing, you know. The one, yeah. the only. There you go. How you Beautiful. doing, Don? Yeah, awesome. good, so I saw man. You look amazing, good. man. Like, you look, Thank you. You look L.A. Ah, well, Did you get some work done? Did you, yeah, like... Well, uh, you know, that's what you do in LA. Yeah. I mean, because I know plastic surgery there is you like... You pimped yourself. Yeah, you pimped, did you pimp yourself? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I pimped my career, let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> and how's things going there? I mean, it's... It, first of all, from just a weather point of view, how different is LA to Joburg? LA is so similar to Joburg. Yeah. We all say Joburg is the best weather in the world. In LA, they say they've got the best weather. Oh, okay. Mm. So you're actually quite happy from that point. Because that's uh, yeah. when you know you can probably stay. Because it's like, well, it's, it's <laughs> most good. days. Like, I think you're talking for yourself there, to be sure. I'm I think definitely talking for myself. I couldn't live in England because of that. I mean, it was a great place, but I just couldn't take it. You were too pale. Yeah, of course. I'm a tropical person, can't you tell? <laughs> But outside of that, how's work? I mean, I just I just read that you're doing this brand new movie and it's coming out soon. How was that? How I mean, we're going to talk about what you've done before, but this one is the big one. How was like you had all the toys? Uh, well, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. I uh, about three years ago, after I did a number number, yeah, and that got recognition around the world. I said, okay, fine, I'm going to see if I can make a Hollywood movie, have a Hollywood career, yeah. And uh, I literally took three years out and I just stopped doing anything. I stopped doing television, stopped doing local work, and I just started. Hustling, mm. um, and I had an agent there in Hollywood. It, look, it took about two and a half years of solid hustling to finally get in the door. You pitch on these projects with a whole lot of Hollywood directors, and finally I got one. You know, finally they said, yeah. "Okay, you're the guy. Come on, come on board. Let's do this." Yeah. Um, and I'm currently directing a huge war thriller starring Gary Oldman and Gerard Butler. Wow. And um, Gary Oldman as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even mention him. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he's yeah, an yeah, amazing yeah. actor. What are they like to work with on a day to day basis? I know Gerard seems like he's a cool guy from what I've seen on talk shows and stuff. Tomisho, you know, I've worked with you. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. 
yeah, can yeah. I forget, man? I can say working with you is no different to working with Gerard Butler. He's oh, just wow. earning a bit more money. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. No, not much. But he's no more. T- yeah, these guys are, are no more talented than the amazing South African actors. I've yeah, with. you yeah. could be that big action star if wow. you had those opportunities to me, Sean. We did a little action movie together. We did. We did Crossroads. That was a lot yeah, of fun. You yeah. know, I did my own stunts, by the way. I drove that. You did. Oh, look at you. Oh, yeah. oh, we threw him off a few buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. But I mean, like, just generally, though, there, I mean, there's some people who you can tell are just like down to earth. They're just there for the work. And I, for me, Gerard is one of those oh, yeah. real cool Scottish oaks. You know, he's like mm. a bloke. Well, you, you forget Not that really. these guys, I mean, have done 40 plus movies, yeah. you know, Gary Oldman. So they bring this incredible body of experience, which what yeah. we don't get in this country. Yeah. We don't have the experience of working at movies of that caliber. Yeah. So when you step onto a set with Gary Oldman, you better have your wits about you. You know, he's bringing 40 movies plus yeah. experience. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows, you know, what his sweet spot is, how to make the scenes work. And he's going to challenge you. He's not going to just sit there and take his direction. He's going to. Mm. Mm. Throw it right back in your face, you know. Okay. And so it was very, very real, you know. Directing how did you get around guys. that actually? Like, how did you? Because I know you're a performance director. As much as you're very technical, and as much as oh, you yeah. know, you know where the camera is at all times. You like your performance, oh, yeah. you know. You like to talk to your actors. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I love acting. I love performing. Yeah, um, you have to be incredibly prepared. You got to have your shit together, man. Okay. Otherwise, they're going to catch you out. Yeah, but let's talk about that for a second. What is the difference between uh, uh, preparing for a Hollywood movie and preparing for a movie here at home? Like you did Spud, you know, and oh, yeah. number number. So what, what was it? You know, how did you ramp it up? It's the same, but just bigger. You know, okay. uh, you know, make a movie for a million rand, and then you make a movie for four fifty million dollars. You know, it, yeah. it's just times fifty. That's all yeah. it is. Okay. <laughs> um, but essentially, it's the same process. You're just working with. Yeah. Not always better people. I've got to be honest. If I could have brought my crew from South Africa, I would have been happier. Yeah. But there are some people I would have loved to just transport across the land. And we must mm. never think that we're not as good as. Yeah. We're just not yeah. as experienced as. Yeah. And yeah. so it was challenging working with some people who had mm. way more experience than I did. And I just had to be better prepared than anyone. Mm. Mm. And yeah. then, like, you know, I, I noticed that I know that you love doing action movies. You know, I know. Oh, yeah. and, and, and you're good at that. Um, you, you're getting on the set. You've got $50 million to work with now. Uh, and, and really there's like it's not enough Yeah, still not enough, <laughs> not enough. Still not enough Can I get Never a little enough. bit more, right? Yeah? I want some more, yeah, yeah And how much of the stuff that, that you did was actually like on set uh, and Without having to rely on CGI? There's a huge amount of CGI in this film It's a submarine film, right? Oh, so okay. it's about Gerald Butler He's the captain of a nuclear submarine Yeah Um and uh, I only had a real nuclear submarine for two days. Seven, it was my $7 billion set. was a real nuclear submarine. I had wow. it for two days. How cool. But for the rest of the time, I've got to create that submarine in special effects uh, or have a set or have something that I can build later or add on yeah. to later and yeah. make it look like yeah. the real thing. But then, I mean, it's impractical, really, to shoot in a submarine for the whole time because oh, yeah, it's, it's really it's small, right? Yeah, it's really tight. It's really yeah. cramped in there. I mean, I'm going to ask you a technical question, and maybe I uh, hope I don't lose you right now. But <laughs> yeah. What kind of cameras did you shoot with? Um, we... I. I don't believe in shooting on anything too complex. For me, the camera's got to be an extension of my arm and an extension of my okay. mind. So I like something very small, very versatile. Uh, so I like something very real. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we worked with the Alexas oh, okay. uh, at three and a half k. I didn't even want something you know that was had too much processing on the back end, which is which. Which sorry, I'm getting a bit technical here. No, but, but I mean, that's something that's very high quality. It's slower and harder to work with, and that's yeah. what I resent. I like things to be very organic. I like to get okay. the camera out. You know me. I like a bit of yeah. handheld. I like yeah. get in your yeah. face. Yeah. I like to make it happen. Now, I actually brought my DOP. I had one crew member that I was allowed to bring Ooh. with me. I brought my DOP, Tom Marais, oh, wow. from South Africa. He shot uh, E number number oh, for wow. me, and he came yeah. over. I gave him I gave him his break like they wow, gave me mine. Wow, man. Yeah. That's that awesome. was cool. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. 
Um, and, and I know we're still technical. I would have thought you would have gone for the big Panavision with the 35mm film in there because you have that opportunity yeah. now. Light it for two days and then maybe shoot for like one minute. You know, uh, not at all. I, I mean, I, I, I like to get a momentum going on set. So okay. I like to do it as simply as I possibly can. And video these days is good as film. I couldn't have, a, the budget couldn't actually, yes, your $50 million sounds like a lot, but these mm. kinds of movies, when Crimson Tide was made for $150 million. So in that fact. That was like nearly 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Was exactly, exactly. So <laughs> as far as this genre of big submarine war films go, it wasn't a lot of money. So I yeah. had to be very smart in how, and where I chose to spend that money. And I chose to spend it on what you saw in front of the camera, the sets, the, you know, the, the yeah. locations. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I wanted, that's what I wanted to come through. Okay. Yeah. Candy? Jeez, T, you were really going in there. I'm go- I'm about to go in some more, but I just want to give you a chance to just like come in here. But you know, all I'm interested in is how the acting goes on set, and you can ask you know, some Hollywood story. questions like, yeah. what is it like to actually live in LA? You know, Which part of LA do you live in? I, I'm actually, uh, you're going to get weirded out here, but I've decided to stay in South Africa. I live in South Africa, and I base myself here yeah, because it doesn't matter where you live, and, and I love South Africa. And you know yeah. what? It makes me different to all the Hollywood mm. directors. I'm not, hey, guys, you, what, can you come over in 10 minutes? I'm like, no, I'm in Cape Town, dude. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. We're going to Skype, cool. you know, and they're yeah. like, whoa, that guy's, and I say, I've got, I've got an African sensibility, you know, and yeah. I'm going to bring that to your movie, and I'm going to do something different. Mm. And this is how I've been pitching myself, and it's the only way I can be different to all the Hollywood directors, and it's incredibly competitive, as you know. So that's I even feel like that's my edge. I live in Cape Town. Uh, I've been staying in uh, I mean between London and and, and Hollywood for the last year yeah, and a half. I haven't yeah. been home because I've been doing this movie. Yeah. And but, but here's I, the thing, right? I mean, yeah. there's so many movies being done in Cape Town and so many TV series that you could literally live in Cape Town and yeah. do more work than if you were in LA. <laughs> <laughs> but how well, unbelievable, yeah. right? That a yeah. lot of people want to live in Hollywood because that's the big dream. You yeah. think if you're living in Hollywood and Los Angeles, look, you, you've made it. Yeah. And you're saying, you know what? I want to live in Cape Town. I want to do work in Hollywood. Yeah. But I still want to remain at home, which is incredible. I think you can do that now. The world's a small place. Look, mm. I don't want to be a Hollywood animal. I don't want to mm. be out there hustling and, and like all I can think about is my Hollywood career. Mm. I actually love South Africa. I want to, I want to continue to make South African movies. My plan is to, my next movie I want to be is, a, uh, want to do is a South African film. Um, and I want to, you know, be Bop. And I actually want to bring those Hollywood films out here. I want them to shoot in South Africa. And I, I believe in our industry and that's the way we're going to lift it up. All right. Well, let's go back. Um, I suppose starting. At the last movie that you did in South Africa, Inamba Namba, it did amazingly well around the world, and there was talk of a remake. Is that still happening? So Universal Studios bought the remake rights. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, um, that was the first South African film in history to sell uh, remake rights. Anyway, wow, yeah. congrats! So yeah, that no, was huge. It was a huge event, um, but that doesn't guarantee they're going to make it. They, they've owned the rights. So what mm-hmm. they've done in the interim is they're obviously going to Americanize it. Uh, they've written a screenplay, which which I don't think is that great, and so they realise that they're going to keep working on it. So I, I hope that. It happens. Okay. I hope that it depends. Does it mean that you're included in it as a director, or they're they now going to find someone else as well? Yeah, they offered me to direct it, and I didn't want to repeat myself. Oh, okay. Oh, really? oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Oh, all right. You done it well once. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't take don't, the risk of doing do it bad the yeah. second time. You know. And but you know, you, you, you pulled off a film with with with, with Inamba Number that was boxing way above its weight because you. what you had there. I know that we don't have the kind of budgets that that you should. To pull off something like that I mean t- talk us through Some of the things that You had to do To be more creative To make a film like that Well I mean this is just a lesson To all South African filmmakers um, Firstly Don't be too ambitious Keep your ambitions very modest I had f- only four locations In that film You may not have You may not have realized it But ah. I only had four locations I had an 80 page script Which is sort of 40 pages Shorter than the normal script mm-hmm. uh, And I chose my 
action moments very, very carefully. Yeah. So were, actually, if you go back and look at that film, even though it feels fully action-packed, mm. it's more about suspense and tension and mm. mystery. And that, for me, is kind of the lost art of action films, which are all the spectacle, mm. spectacle, spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I chose my spectacular moments very carefully throughout the film and made those ones count. And I, I think that's what you've got to do as South African filmmakers. We've got to be clever. We've got to cast it right. We've got to keep the scripts nice and tight. And we've just got to be smart about not creating something too ambitious that you can't possibly do justice to and you'll just get shot out of the water by an American film that just does it better. Mm. But it, how does one even start? When you say, okay, I'm going to be a director, where do you start? <laughs> what do you start by doing? That's a good question. You know, I, I, I saw a making of when I was about 16 years old. That okay. takes us back to 1996. I think it was Never Ending Story was the movie. Oh, I love um, that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, good movie, good movie. Yeah, where he like rides this giant dog dragon thing. <laughs> I need to see this movie. Never it's a classic. story. Is, it a, was, is yeah. it a musical? No, that was just the theme song. Oh. That was Aha. Aha did that. Aha did that. Yeah, that's right. right, right, right. Yeah. And I just, it's a great blend of being technical and being creative and it's about language and it's about uh, maths and it's about spatial visual yeah. and, it's, and it's about Jeez. interpersonal psychology and this. Uh, you've got to really be a jack of all trades as a director. So I think you, you kind of know when you're a director when you kind of want to do a bit of everything. Oh. But maybe, you know, I wasn't talented enough to act and I wasn't and, you know, come on, clever enough to do I some of the other jobs. It. So uh, the directing job is the coolest job on set, though. It's the coo- it's the cool it's the best job in the world, but the hardest. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging yeah. you on every dynamic of your personality. You actually make the movie, and then the producers take the credit, basically, <laughs> and then the actors get the awards. <laughs> yeah. like that. And, and if it doesn't no. work out, it's your fault. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the buck <laughs> stops directing with you. was yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The buck and stops if it's any you. good. Wow, he's a great yeah, actor. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually thought of that, but I do know that the director is an integral part of any show. I mean, I have no clue what producers do. That's why I asked you when you told me you produce directors, writing, editors. Obviously, the writer, we know, writes the script and whatever. But I think with directing, all of us think that you just sit in a chair and you pretty much dictate what needs to be done. Something so like you that. do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something like that, but like you have I to mean, have a reason for it, right? Yeah. I mean, the director's job, just simply, is to, he's responsible for everything creative in the film. Okay. What it looks like, what everybody's wearing. Who gets cast? What? It, how they say what they say? Where they say it? What locations you shoot on? You know all of that. What the sets look like? That's all the purview of the director. All okay. right. But in a weird way, you don't have to have any specific skills because you hire people to build a set. You hire someone to shoot the film for you. You hire someone to put the makeup on. You're actually hiring people to do that. So it's really the true job of directors to think. Mm. You've got to be able to think creatively yeah. and then communicate that creative vision. To a bunch of real experts, yeah, mm. and let them then fulfill it. And you're kind of overseeing it, like, a, and you manage it. I, I hate to say micromanage it, but you do. Yeah. yeah, good directors are in there for every micro detail, and they, it's like a, it's an orchestra. It's like you're a conductor, mm. and you're conducting all these very talented musicians to try and create something. Um, and it's very organic as well, which I love. You, you've got to be on your toes. It happens in the moment. You can have an amazing vision, which is obviously vital, but then you've got to be able to change as the movie changes. Yeah. Sure. So you need to be adaptable. Yeah, oh, yeah incredibly. Yeah. And and who are some of your favorite directors, like of all time, that, that you just watch their movies and you go, this makes me happy? Oh, there's so many fantastic directors. Um, mm. I was very influenced by the Coen brothers. Okay. Um, Fargo. Fargo, uh, Raising Arizona. Uh, no Country Crossing, for Old Men. No Country for Old yeah. Men. I mean, they are incredible art directors. You know, yeah. But they're still, their movies have a commercial 
you know, quality to them, mm. and they're still fun to watch. So I, I, I love that blend of art and action. Darren Aronofsky as well. Uh, he did Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan. Um, oh. uh, he's an incredible director, and mm. uh, he's always doing, trying to do something innovative within the genre, uh, and, and that's what I really try to do. And I think what he number number was great at. It was a heist film, and a, you know that genre. Yet we had this awesome South African spin to it, and and the world just loved that. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And but do you ever watch films? Like I watch films sometimes, and I'm like, how do they do that? Like when I watch Gravity, right? And recently I watched Life And you kind of forget that They can't just be floating around in space Because they didn't shoot this in space They shot this like in a warehouse mm. right. Somewhere in downtown oh, yeah. LA oh, right? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. how do they Do you ever like get up Where you like you just stumped Like I don't know how they did that That's Oh yeah problem. all the time All the time yeah. I mean they, it's just inc- The whole point of movies Is you're not supposed to see How they mm. did it right mm. Otherwise it ruins the yeah. illusion And yeah. the story yeah. And I mean, you watch a movie like Gravity, and you're just blown away by it. You, think, yeah. you know, and, and really, you shouldn't really be asking the question, "How did they do that?" You'd just be sort of immersed in the film. Yes. I know we as filmmakers, yeah. we you know, we want to know, you know, how. Did I want to see the trick. I'm <laughs> like, it's a magic trick, but just show me the tricks. So I can go. Oh yeah, let's do you know. <laughs> yeah, I know in Gravity, they they used a special technique that's never been used before. Because obviously, the obvious way to make people float is just have them on strings and then lift yeah, them up. But yeah. then you know, they float kind of funny, right? Yeah. Wherever the string is attached, mm. exactly. Which I think you saw in life. You you could kind of see that there was a string off that guy's back. Yeah. But they did something different. I'm not sure what they did in gravity. Sometimes they even take a plane and then they, they, they go right up and they drop in the air and then you get sort of 10 seconds of free fall and they shoot that in a green screen environment and then they can, now you, now you really are weightless and then they place you into the sets and you just have to quickly do whatever the action is for the scene. Oh, That's wow. a very expensive idea, actually. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's painful. painful. Yeah. But, 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 um, I must say, for me, like when I watch stuff like that, I always think to myself, this is magic. That I see before me That's what the whole oh, sure. Point of like The big screen The silver screen is mm. But I still want to know The trick You know um, and, and, and to go back to that I know that with um, Gravity They actually came up With a whole new camera mm. rig as yeah, well, That's right That had never been done Yeah 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 Do you think that We'll ever get to that point In South Africa Where even on a technical basis We can be inventors Like they have And they have Ability to in Hollywood Because I mean Some of those things Cost a lot of money So you come and you say To the IDC I've got a 5 million rand budget For a film But get this I need 20 million Just to create A new kind of camera I don't know I I, 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 I resist that idea I do I I think we've got to be Cleverer than that Okay Two things we've got to realize One We don't have the money Mm. We don't and we'll, wh- We just don't have that We don't have the money In this country And secondly We don't have the history Of creating those kinds Of magical effects okay. And so We've got to be different And we've got to be More interesting Look You can do some Pretty magical things With a camera If you go onto into Facebook you'll, Or YouTube Or whatever You'll see some guys Doing very cheap Magical effects Um that are kind of amazing But like easy to do Because they mm. just position the camera in a certain way You've all seen that one Where they place a bunch of objects But when you point the camera from a certain angle All the objects seem to make another three-dimensional object That is completely different to what those objects are uh, You know, uh, and that uh. kind of effect Is a really amazing, incredible And, and not expensive to do yeah. And that's what we've got to work on I think we can't compete in Hollywood We don't have the money We don't have the history and expertise uh, And we've got to be smarter and cleverer and simpler And concentrate on what really makes movies work Which is great storytelling And innovative storytelling what do you think it's going to take for the South African industry to get to a point where we're competing with, you know, international movies? Yeah, look, we, you have to compete because there's no model of movie making in this country that allows you to make your money back mm. just with a local audience. Unless you make a movie for under a million rand and that's close yeah. to impossible. Yeah. Um, or, you know, three million rand if you have a huge success uh, because the business is just stacked against you. So we just have to 
we have to be competitive. And the only way to be competitive is to be innovative. Mm. And I just don't see that happening in this country. We just, you know, firstly, obviously, it's very hard to do. Yeah. We're making great films, but these are films that are not traveling yet. Uh, mm. uh, and I don't know what that step up is. It's maybe it's a mindset. Certainly, a lot of luck is involved. You know, it's a numbers game. I, I, mm. Great directors make terrible films. Mm. You know, and, and that's just a fact of the matter. And yeah. so we just got to keep. Do you think it's a language thing as well? I mean, we are a diverse culture in South yes. Africa. We're incredibly diverse, and. I don't know. It seems like even when we make a film in English, it's it just doesn't travel Can't across relate. because it just sounds not. You know, is it Australian? Is it kind of British? Uh, why is do they not sound American? Is are those the factors that maybe the rest of the world kind of? Yeah, I mean, I made a number number in vernacular, and I, yeah. I, and I had a, it was a tough choice for me to make. I could have made it in English. Yeah. But quite frankly, I think the best decision I made was to keep it. Real and South African, and people appreciate that. You, you know, you can't tell people love the language. They're like, oh, what is all those languages? I could tell it was different languages, mm. and uh. I love the way they just because you know, Tamisha, when you're speaking in your home language, mm. you can bring a bit of the, the mm. slang in, and you can just make it your own, and and, and audiences. Feel that Even if they don't Understand the words mm, mm. But it's a barrier Because not everyone Wants to watch a movie In with uh, Isizulu right? Or something yeah, You know yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, With subtitles um, So it, It's a real challenge okay. I, I'm not sure What the answer yeah. is I know there must be An answer yeah, and This is where yeah. you've got To be innovative Because just doing it In English As mm. you know Creates this kind of Stilted yeah, vibe And yeah, it kind of Ruins yeah, your film yeah. um, Well let's go back to Then before that you, you, you did a couple of Great English movies um, Spud For example right. Yeah I never thought anyone would would because I read the book before obviously the movie and I loved the books I loved all the books but I never thought anyone would turn it into a movie but I was always hoping that they would what what made what gave you that idea because it's like I mean the books were already about what fifteen years old by that time I, I don't think that old I, it, look it wasn't my idea it was the idea of the author John Fonda wrote oh. whose good childhood friend was a movie producer uh, um, and so he went to to him and said look I want to do this. Uh, and uh, they said, okay, we need an international director and writer. So I saw an article in the newspaper that said they're going to make Spud the movie and they're looking for an international director. Apparently they were talking to some British guy and I thought, no ways, this is wrong. We need yeah. a South African. So I got on the phone and I just called, I called, called these guys. I just called up yeah. the wow. producer and I said, hey, you. listen, man, wow. I, 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 yeah. I've, I've made one, I'd made one movie at that point. I said, I sent him my movie. I said, watch this movie. I, I want to, I want to be the guy. I want to do it for you. I want to direct this film for you. And he was he was very polite, and he basically said, "No way." <laughs> Forget <laughs> In it. In the most polite way yeah. possible. Forget it. You're out. <laughs> yeah. So he said, "But maybe you can help us with the screenplay because I was a writer at that time. Mm. Because John Fonda wrote, he was going to write the screenplay. He's a novelist, and he was writing the next book, and he didn't have time, and so on. Um, and uh, so they said, "Cool. Have you lost me?" No. no, we're still there. Oh, you got me. Okay, I just yeah. lost my headphones. So um, they said, cool, come along. We're going to uh, give you a chance to write the screenplay. So I, I wrote the screenplay, and uh, that went really well. And then they you know, they kind of – I just kept pushing. I'm saying, you know, you should use a local director. Who do you want to use? And you know, eventually they said, okay, fine. Yeah. All right, Donovan, <laughs> fine. Stop nagging. You've got the part. After that, I much should, bacon. I should, I should try that next time. I'm like – I want to get cast in something. Yeah, yeah. It's but, like, you know, you should really use South African. But you know what I love about that? Yeah. We discuss it a lot on the show, and it's about basically just acting. You know, mm. like you have to act. You can't just want something and sit back and hope it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, you really yeah. got to go out there and push for it, and that's exactly what you did. Yeah, you know? I just got on the got on the phone. Yeah, which is well, amazing because maybe the opportunity you, didn't, you wanted in the beginning didn't appear. It came in the form of, okay, you got to do the screenplay, which sounds like a lot of work. Mm. And then you were like, okay, I'll do the work first. And then after that, the opportunity actually presented. Well, while the foot's in the door, right? Now you're going to see me. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and how was that like? You know, I mean, like you created something magical. You actually shot it at Michael House. That's right? right. Yeah. Um, what was it during school holidays? No, no, we shot during uh, school time because I needed to use the kids as extras. As extras so we had, yeah. we had half the shoot in school holidays and half the shoot when the school was there. Okay. Um, and it was very controversial because the board of the school didn't want us to shoot there because oh. there's kids in the movie. There's kids drinking. There's, oh. a, there's a kid who yeah. kid who sleeps with the teacher. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's set at Michael House. That's the real location. But they realised that they'd had a you know since the books came out they've never had a better admission. They, they were struggling and to yeah. get admission. And now oh, they really? had like, more people than they could handle in their school. Yeah. It was famous. And so they made a, a decision, which they then reversed, oh, okay. saying, you could shoot at our school. So we shot Spud 1 there, and then they saw Spud 1, and they were like, no, 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 now they saw kids drinking. And exactly <laughs> what we told them it was anyway, yeah. but now they saw it for real on the screen. They were like, no ways, and you can't shoot you ever again. So we couldn't shoot Spud 2 there. Where did you shoot Spud 2? So we had to pretend we were there, so it was very difficult, because they wouldn't even let us use the establishing shots oh. we had of the school. So... We we kind of fudged it a bit. We shot at Saks in in Cape Town and Rustenburg Girls. Oh wow! Jeez. <laughs> so Michael House could be Rustenburg Girls. <laughs> Michael House are a bunch of Rustenburg girls. Oh, no, it was a great pity because that <laughs> no. school's so amazing. So I made yeah. the second film much more about the interiors. It was all happening interior, yeah. oh, inside yeah. the classrooms, yeah, yeah, inside yeah. the dorms. Okay, and so that was kind of what and I had to do. But I, I, I was we sorry to do wiser. that. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we pulled it off because you, you know there's. That's the magic. But I mean, I'm sh- in spite of that, I'm sure it's done amazingly well for Michael House because now it's a school that you know about. Because at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, kids are going to do stuff. It's not about necessarily the school's reputation. It's kids going to yeah, do that. Yeah, but you're not old boys, get. Mm. What school yeah. did you go to, Tamisha? St. Albans. Well, you know, the old boys of uh, St. Albans. Yeah. <laughs> we should shoot a movie there about Ush House. There was far more drinking. <laughs> I don't think that's a parent's like decision call. Because we should like, talk oh, about wow, that. Oh wow, sh- I should send my kids to a school where they drink and yeah. have sex with teachers and stuff. Well, we didn't. Nobody really had sex with the teachers because there were no hot teachers. But I'll tell you one <laughs> thing that happened: disqualifying. Because um, there was no internet porn back then. I was going to say, so you had to watch it old school on a video. You know, on a cassette. That's some kid brought from overseas. Yeah, somebody <laughs> brought from. They smuggled it in, man. And, and if you get caught, you're going to jail. So what? And 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 they didn't allow us to keep the video machine for that very reason that yeah, someone yeah. might put porn on. Yeah. So we always had to go to the house master and say that we were going to watch boxing, and we're going to record it because you know boxing matches are always like late at night. Oh you know, yeah, Kishko yeah, 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 and yeah. Joshua yeah. fought recently. But I think back in the day, boxing matches. I don't know if they used to happen during the week. Because it wasn't always Saturday night or, or Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. And and then we'd put out this machine and you had to pay a two rand cover charge. Two rand cover charge. <laughs> and, and who was the two rand going to? The guy who owns the video cassette. <laughs> oh, no, no. Just free at our school. Come on. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 You guys don't understand the market. <laughs> he no, wasn't very entrepreneurial. <laughs> so then you pay two rand and then for Everyone how long? paid. Until the video is done. The whole video. <laughs> Like an hour and a half. <laughs> How long are these things? Why are you asking me these questions? I'm just thinking, like, the quality must have been really crap, the though. The quality was awful. Like, you know, all pixelated and stuff. There were only small TVs back then, right? <laughs> so I feel like at the back of the TV room. You're, like, quite far from the screen. Oh, and, yeah. and how loud was the volume? Because it obviously be you can't very get, low. Because like, if the housemaster walked in... Uh, okay, so who's in charge of like the TV? But it's just always like a copy of a copy of a copy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, copy just, copy. it's like a bit grainy. You're not always sure what you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough back in the day. <laughs> Guys, you don't understand the power, like how much power you have when you have internet. You can do this on your phone now. So it's not even awkward where you have a room full of other guys 
And you're here at that age, you know. Yeah. That's that was going to be my next question. Yeah. You're in a room full of other guys. You got to save those images, put them in the hard drive to use later. <laughs> How did we get you? How did we get I don't from know. an international director telling us incredible how incredible a set is to? Directing porn, watching porn. That was a success of spread. I think yeah. everybody, you know, certainly our age anyway, yeah. remembers being at a boarding school like that and exactly, what you had right? to go through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also the casting there was very interesting. You had John Cleese oh, yeah. um, and your lead. Troy. Is he South African? He is South African by birth and then he went to live in Australia. He has two South African parents, okay. um, but he actually speaks naturally in an Australian accent. Funny thing is, because he pulled off that South African accent. Oh, yeah, yeah. A very like, good one. He just yeah, sounded yeah. like he was... He's got perfect pitch. He can sing really beautifully. Mm. He sings on the phone. Yeah, I know uh, that. He's, he's, got, and, he's a YouTube yeah. sensation. Oh, yeah. Now he's... I think Time voted him one of the 10 most influential teenagers Imagine. in the world. Imagine. Wow. Time become, magazine. Come huge. He's become huge. Yeah, no, he was amazing. You could just give him the line once in terms of the accent, and he'd, he'd get it straight away. Wow. I nailed it. But look, he, his parents were with him all the time, and they speak South African... In South African accents all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. easy for him to key into that because that's how he Okay, was so he up. flew out here, did it, and then went straight back. That's home. right. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, 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 and John Cleese was on the phone. Yeah, John Cleese. How was he like to work with? Is he, is he totally funny all the time? Is it like you're on Monty? No, he's Python? quite serious, actually. You yeah. know, I really <laughs> didn't realize how smart he is. He's, he's this qualified uh, yeah, lawyer, yeah. Uh, barrister. And um, he, you know, comedy is a serious business, guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got yeah. you, you to understand. What it is to be funny And he knows what his sweet spot is To be humorous He can just turn it on In front of the camera He knows exactly what to do And you know he, he When you work with him You can see why he's a legend You know He has mm. that charisma uh, And the intelligence And I think when you add Those two things yeah. together You get yeah. something pretty yeah. special yeah. Yeah. And who's your ideal actor To work with? <laughs> Everyone asks me that I don't yeah. know You know I, I think there's so many Incredibly talented actors And I, mm. I think Uh I'm as, I'm as happy with working. I just want someone who's totally committed to the moment and wants mm. to collaborate with me. Yeah, you know, yeah. not every actor is like that. They kind of want to do their own thing, which is fine, and you can get a good performance. But I don't enjoy that. And yeah. I'd, I'd as soon work with a, an amazingly talented South African actor who just wants mm. to collaborate and wants to get into it, and, and is going to throw themselves one hundred percent into the moment. And that's hard to do. It takes mm. a commitment. It's emotionally tough to do. Yeah. And so anybody who's prepared to do that, I want to go. I want to go the extra mile with. And, and the names to me are just the names because they've been lucky and you know they're in the right place at the right time. And the other thing that that, that we see with Hollywood is is like these communities. There's the Australian community. There's now the British community. I suppose is there a growing South African community? Now uh, that you notice, since you know, life. filmmakers. Oh, yeah. sure. I mean, there's there's a number of South Africans overseas doing tremendously well. You know, Gavin Hood, uh, Jonathan Liebesman, uh, who are you know established Hollywood directors, and they all started out here in South Africa. Um, even Neil uh, uh, Neil Blomkamp, who, who yeah. uh, did District mm-hmm. Nine, and so you know, these are all South Africa. They are tremendously successful when they go overseas. Uh, the difficulty but they become yeah. a community because that's the thing. That's what I'm asking. Mm, because support each other. When you think about it. Um, Australians have like taken over Hollywood because they became that community. It's like, okay, I, I'm going to bring you all one by one, and the British should be doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. Are we doing that? I don't think so. I don't think we have that sense of com- community strong enough in South Africa right now. Look, yeah. I did bring my DOP as part of that idea mm-hmm. of let's bring mm-hmm. the South Africa. I mean, did Gavin like put in a word for you and say, oh, no, 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 Donovan, he's a good okay, put him in. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's. I think that's what we need. I, I feel like we kind of go as one person, you succeed by yourself, and then that's it, you know? And then one person goes, they succeed by themselves, and that's kind of it. It's yeah, I mean, like it's, the Charlize thing. Sort of. Okay. I, I mean, like, when you look at the Australians mm-hmm. and, and the British, yeah. 
you you'll see a movie and literally all the HODs are Australian and it's mm. it's like Wolverine or something, you know? I wonder if that's what they're doing. I don't know mm. if they are Reaching out and bringing across their own friends or own community. Mm. Uh, I mean, certainly like the Great Gatsby. Uh, who directed that again? Uh, Baz Luhrmann. Uh, 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 yeah. You know, and you look at his his crew list, and you're like, yeah, like. Yeah, well, how did I, you go Google uh, yeah. them? Sorry, uh, Don. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so curious. How do you know? Like, I I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a bit of a movie nerd, like. Yeah, that. like what were you saying, Don? <laughs> Sorry. So I think Baz, for example, I mean, Baz is a huge director. He obviously has. The people he likes to work with And because he's mm. famous enough yeah. And strong enough He can say Ye, This is my team yeah. I, I'm not at that stage then I mean I went overseas yeah, yeah. And they, they told me you gotta This, put this your is your team This yeah. is your team yeah. And even to bring my DOP From South Africa over Was a hell of a process You know uh, They were very resistant initially And he had to pitch And at the end of the day He was actually just better Than the other guys so yeah. That's how he got in And in a talent based industry People do move alone You know mm. Because you get spotted For your talent And then you're mm. plucked And pulled um, and you'll actually weigh yourself down if you try and pull everyone. Pull with everyone, you, you know, yeah. Just, you become a heavyweight. Mm. I suppose the other thing is, is actually people don't realize how difficult it is to get into Hollywood. Everyone mm. thinks I'm really talented here. Everyone loves me. I'm just going over there yeah. and I'll do a couple of auditions. But like you said, you, Two you and have a half to years. first have a couple of people around you mm. that are pushing for you before oh, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. even gives you a chance to pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I said that I hustled for three years, I had three agents working for me. Jeez. Yeah, three. So right. they work in teams of three. So I, and I had one of the major agencies in the United States working for me. They're sending me scripts every week. Even then, it took me two to three years to get in. Jeez. I have a, I have an attorney as well in uh, in, in Hollywood who so do, a does team. a lot of that kind of stuff for you, a lot of the negotiating for you. Yeah. So I've got a team of guys. I could never do, on my own. I would never have made it. But with this team, it still took me two and a half years to wow. get a good project. And, and I'm and sure it, it wasn't like some Mickey Mouse little agency. It was like some top no, notch. ICM. Yeah, okay. One of the I three see. biggest agents Jeez. In, uh, in Hollywood. Well, I mean, you know, not, not, not to name names. <laughs> I did go to the ICM party at the 2005 Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> nice. Yeah, name I drop. In, I was in the room. Name drop. Okay. <laughs> who, who else was in the room? Name drop. Oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey he was there. You know, at the time he was dating Penelope Cruz. It was cool. Yeah. He, he was speaking to Philip Noyce and I was, I was speaking to, to Penelope. And it was cool. You know, she... And she didn't give you a wink, wink. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I try to keep it like above board because I respect Pro. Matthew. You know, I like Matthew. Um, Liam Neeson if was there. If you guys weren't well. friends, it would have been a different Look, it would have been a different story, you know. But Matthew was cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you go to those kind of parties? Because everyone, like, you know, in the beginning, is like, you just go to these parties oh, and yeah. I mean, someone get, will spot you. My agent just sets me up when I'm, when I'm in Hollywood. Meetings, yeah. parties. Yeah. Oh, it must amazing. be exhausting because you're going to parties every other night and then you're going to meetings every other day. It's tiring. It's tiring. You've got to be on, you know. You've got to yeah. be the best possible version of yourself. And All the time. All the time. Because even at those parties, you're networking. You're putting, you know, you're putting, they're putting you in front of people. Yeah. yeah. And you literally have five seconds as this guy's sort of passing you and you've just got to you know, make an impression. I don't like doing that, but um, I, you know, I realize it's part of the gig. Did you ever feel like I got the sense when I was there a couple of times that it sometimes feels like there's a lot of people who are very desperate to make it in there, um, and, yeah. and it, it's, it's like it's hard. I can, hard. There's, there's a lot of clatter. There's all these people there who you know, is a cab driver and you know he wants to make it. He's a lawyer from another country. He wants to make. It. He's a doctor, but his actual dream is to be a Holly. Yeah. Did you ever get that sense? I mean, is that still happening right now? I haven't been. To Hollywood for a while Did you get there And feel like Everybody's an actor Everybody's a director Everybody's got The Uber driver Yeah The guys Punching a ticket All those guys Want to be in You know So it's It's very hard It's tough It's a little bit Heartbreaking Don't you think Oh yeah 
Yeah. It's very heartbreaking And you can and you get hustled a lot so There's a lot of hustling oh. going on mm. um, People want to get in People want to meet you You know The minute they, they identify you As someone who's got to step in the door They want to sort of get on your coattails oh, and, really? and get dragged in with you <laughs> Yeah oh. So you get a lot of that going on But you, you understand it I, I, You need a lot of luck To me sure You need a lot of luck And luck is not something You can necessarily control Yeah Sure you can hustle You can or, And maybe you'll get lucky Like, like I got lucky But mm. Uh, mm. it's a tough business Uh Hats off to anyone who yeah, gets yeah. up and tries it. I mean, you know, Tisha. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it was it was really great talking to you. Um, how long? How much longer are you going to stay? I'm here for a couple of weeks, and then I go back to finish the film, which okay. is in a hiatus at the moment, and then we're going to get it done. What part of the film are you still having to shoot? We got. We, it's all shot. It's all edited. We've got to do the, vis- the visual effects. I've got two hundred visual effects shots in the film. Sure. Um, wow. Each shot can they can work on for anywhere between three and six months. Um, there'll be a number of companies with too many shots for one company. Yeah. Mm. Uh, each company will impl- will have about 200 people working on those shots. Um, Man, this sounds like the credit. Um, this is why the credit roll so long. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. The credit roll for Kong was like <laughs> 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's because VFX is tremendously difficult and, and, and labor intensive. Everyone's got to mm. texture it. You know, we, a lot of water stuff because it's a submarine film. You know, you got to make that water look like water. And that's. Yeah. Very hard to do. It takes a lot of time. I hear there's a place there called the. Uh, it's, it's basically a CGI farm. It's, it's, it's. Did you go to it? Did you see it? Have you seen? Well, these farms are. They're kind of. You know, they're just huge amounts of computers linked to each other, so they can just do the hard crunching, the rendering, and and, and mm. the texturing, and those mm. things that just take ungodly amounts of hours to, to finish. You know. Yeah. And, and these are typical. You'll see them all over. So okay, what's the coolest thing you can do with CGI? Can you actually put a six pack on me for the entire movie? <laughs> Is that even possible? It is totally possible. And sure, without sure. naming names, I know of a star who recently had to go do a reshoot because he didn't like a six pack. Oh! And, then, uh, no. and they lined the reshoot up for me. Had some time to get into shape, and he didn't get into shape. <laughs> and so they had to Just painstakingly CGI. put that six pack in. Frame oh, it makes by me frame. so happy, actually. It and now he, he feel normal. And now he looks like the man. Well, that makes me feel a little bit happy. I, I don't want to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that it's it's not as perfect in Hollywood. Yeah. It, it makes me happy. You I feel at ease. Okay. I'm, I'm like, hmm. You see, you don't even that need was your the question. That was the only question I really wanted to ask him. This I whole just, interview. Yeah, I just wanted to sound a little bit intelligent and then ask other stuff. But that that question is made that me very major happy. day. Yeah. And what's next for you, Don? Before you leave us, what's next? I got a couple of South African films lined up. Uh, an amazing film about the Sharpful Six. Oh. Uh, which I'm really excited about. I have a movie called Zoo City, which is based on uh, Lauren Bukas. She's an amazing South African author. Uh, her, it's a sci-fi novel set in Johannesburg Dope. Uh, in Hillbrow. Um, amazing, nice. amazing book. And that's won a lot of awards all over the world. So there's mm-hmm. that film. Um, and there's a film. Uh, I've got a couple of other South African films. One called Gorgon, which is mm. a, set in the Karoo. It's a really weird film about a Gorgon fossil, which is a, a, a fossil that is worth $10 million. Only one's ever been found. It's about What's a Gorgon? A Gorgon. Gorgon were the beasts that ruled before the dinosaurs. So Gorgons were actually the dinosaurs before the dinosaurs were the dinosaurs. Right? How cool. And then wow. Gorgons went extinct like 256 million years what? ago. And they went extinct so that the dinosaurs could rule the earth. Dinosaurs went extinct so that we could rule the earth. So they were the rulers of the earth 256 million years pretty, ago. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's about them. It's about a little kid from the township who goes looking for this fossil because he knows it's worth $10 million. Wow. Well, I, it's going to uh, be an incredible story. I can't wait to see it, man. On that note, we're out. Yay! See you next week. Bye, guys. Ciao. Yeah. Cliffcentral.com